everyone. So good to see you today in the house of the Lord. Would you just look at somebody next to you and just say, I'm really glad you made it today. Hallelujah. We're in vacation mode. We've got a lot of people on vacation, people traveling already. We just wish them well. How many are ready for your vacation? Yeah, yeah, I think we all are. So we just thank God for the time to get refreshed and renewed. And uh, we're going to have a, an amazing uh, second half of the year. I believe that. I believe it's going to be a supernatural second half of the year. And I'm excited about what God's going to do in those things. Hallelujah. During, at one point during worship time this morning, Pastor Mark came over to me and he said, I just really feel like uh, prophetically there is warfare going over families today. and People are contending for their families. And so we're just going to be sensitive to that. And I, I want to be sensitive to that because I believe that household salvations are important. I guess if everybody in your family is saved, then you don't need to say amen. But if you don't have everybody in your family, you need to be pressing into that. And so I, I just felt like when he said that, I just we will take a moment at the end of the service and really press into that and contend for that. You know, the Bible says in Acts 16.31, it says, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household shall be saved. I don't know how you claim that, but I claim that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Everybody under the sound of my voice that's connected to me is going to have a salvation experience. We're going to make it hard for people to go to hell. Amen. So we just want to contend for that. But let me just give you a few quick announcements. Uh, next Sunday is Father's Day. Amen. It's going to be Father's Day. And let me just say something to all the men in the building today. The best way that you can... Uh, serve the Lord is to bring your family to church. Father's Day is not a day off. It's a day that you model what serving the Lord is all about. So we ought to be, you can do whatever you want to do after church, but I think all the men ought to lead their families to church on Father's Day. Amen. We're going to have gifts and prizes and drawings and all that good stuff. We're going to have a good time, but that will be next Sunday. And of course, next week uh, after that is our youth conference. Pastor Corey was just talking about that. Thank you again to all those that, uh, that bid it on the cake auction and made that possible. We have all of our kids that are going, and it's just going to be an amazing week. We're going to believe God to touch our teenagers. Amen. We're going to believe God for that. I know they've asked me to come over and speak on one of the nights. Uh, I think they asked Vanessa last week that she'll come over. And so we're just going to take a little bit of new harvest to Fort Myers. Amen. Have a good time. And let me give you this one more announcement. Uh, July 4th falls on a Sunday this year. And I realize many people may be out of town and those kind of things, but we're going to do something extra special here for those that are in town. What we're going to do is we're going to have a, uh, a service here, just a mini type service. And then outside, we're going to have tents and bounce houses and hamburgers and hot dogs and food and all kind of things going on for the whole family. And I'm going to take about 20 or 25 minutes on that Sunday morning. We're going to go from 10 to 11 inside the building and I want to take about 20 minutes of that and I want to talk to you about why America needs revival we're going to talk about why America needs revival again I want to say God bless America again again he's did it once but I believe he can do it again 
And so that's going to happen on July 4th. If you're out of town, God bless you. In fact, we're, we're going to be on vacation that week, but we're going to be close. We're going to be at the beach, but we're going to drive back over and, and be a part of that. My whole family and I. And all, so we're going to be here. But we're going to have a special time outside. We're going to have bounce houses and games and prizes and cornhole competitions and hula hoop competitions. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now. We're going to have all kinds of stuff out there. And uh, I think Brittany has a sign-up sheet in the back. So uh, we're going we're gonna to supply the hamburgers and hot dogs. But if you would help us with the sides, if you're going to say, hey, I want to be in town, we need some baked beans, green beans, mac and cheese, uh, baked potatoes, potato salad, ribs. I mean, whatever y'all want to do. Now, they're, they're, we got a list back there. So just if you're going to be in town, would you sign up for that? And I think there's dessert, a, a, a dessert list back there. And some of y'all know y'all can cook. So help us out. So it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a fun, family, fun-filled day. We're going to go from 10 o'clock in the morning until 2 o'clock. It'll be over at 2 o'clock. So if you got any plans with your families after that, you still got plenty of time to do that. You still got like six or seven hours until it gets dark. So if you're in town, be in church. Amen? Amen. That's going to be a great time together. And also, how many are working on your Advance the Calls offering? We're working on that. We're working on that. I, I've, had, uh, I've, had, I've had several pastors contact me because they saw a post that I put out there uh, sometime last week or over the weekend, and they saw some of the plans that we're working on, and some of them have even wanted to say, we want to sow into that. Amen. Amen. So, so what we're looking for, we're looking for 120 people or the way we have to do it in church terminology, we need 120 given units, people that will commit to five offerings that's going to be spread out over 20 months worth of, worth of time period that people will just begin to say, hey, you know what? I want to be one of those 120 people that will give every three or four months $1,185. If you do that over the five, uh, five offerings that we're going to receive for the next 20 months, We'll take everything on this property and pay it off. Pay it off. Everything will be paid off. Our schools and our portables, our portables are already paid off. Our school is about, probably about eight or nine months away from being totally paid off. And that doesn't come out of church money. That's all school money. So that'll be paid off next year. Whether the church gets paid off or not, the school will be paid off. So we're just, we're, we're advancing everything. So in the next 20 months, we're looking at everything being paid off here on this property. We, I, I threw that, that, that little uh, Facebook notice out there the other day about our building, our schematic drawings. I'm actually contacting the guys in Fort Myers now because we want to turn that into building plans. We're going to start working on permits and zoning and everything that we got to do because we just believe that at the end of 20 months, we're just going to pick right up into a building program. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's got to be exciting. It's got to be exciting. Amen. Uh, my wife, she, she, she met somebody here in town that works with special needs. It's a program, and, and uh, this lady didn't know it, but, but I've been working on this for the last three or four years. Inside that new building, we're going to have one classroom built just for special needs kids. One classroom. That's all that's going to be for special needs kids. And we're going to have train people that's going to work with special needs kids because I believe there's a lot of parents in this community sometimes they can't bring their church because of the kids situation but we're going to make it available 
We're going to make it available. We're going to say, you bring your kids, we're going to take care of them, and you just worship the Lord. Amen. That's a, we, we, we're working on all that stuff because we believe we can answer the needs to this city. We believe that, that the church is the teacher and the world is the student, and we're coming to teach the world what it looks like to serve God. Amen? So we're working on those things. So just if you're already giving, just keep giving. Just keep marking it. Everything's being noted and accounted for. And then on September, whatever that date was, there's five, September the 12th, we're going to have our first Advance the Calls offering. As soon as those monies come in, we're going to roll it right over into the, the, the payment of the building. And we're not going to hold that money. We're not going to set it aside. We're going to roll it right on out. Because how I many know if you get it out of your life, you won't spend it? <laughs> but there's always needs around here. But we're just going to move it because we're going to, we're going to, I just believe God's going to honor our faith. God's going to honor our faith. And I believe supernaturally you're going to start seeing things happen in people's lives spiritually and financially. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, you ready for the word this morning? Hallelujah. I know Pastor Corey welcomed some people all ago, all the people that are on Facebook and the radio. You know, we got people all over the United States and people all over the world that are listening to us on Sunday mornings. I just got a letter the other day, even from Russ and Helen there in Illinois, and they said all of our family and all of our friends, they are tuning in every single week all the way up in Illinois and watching our church services, and they say, we are behind you and we are marching off our map with you. Come on, I'm telling you, if other people in other places can get excited, I believe this church ought to be really excited. Amen. We got, I got people in South Africa that reach out to me, say, hey, we watch what y'all do on Sunday mornings. We are super excited about what God's doing. People in Pakistan are watching us on YouTube. Come on. Come on. That's why environment and atmosphere is necessary for your participation. Because we are helping people in other parts of the world to get set free. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet and grab your Bibles this morning if you would. I'm going to jump into a couple scriptures here. I want to go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. I'm just pulling out thoughts and themes that God continues to speak to me as we continue to move forward with what God is doing in our region. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 13, we're going to read a little bit, skip around a little bit, and then we'll jump right back into it. Numbers 13, verse number 1 says, And then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourselves men, so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man, each from their father's tribe, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, and, and at the command of the Lord, all the men who were the heads of the sons of Israel. And then if you read verses 4 through 16, it begins to list the 12 tribes of Israel and the people that they sent into, the spies that they sent into that land. I want to pick it up in verse number 17. And when Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, go up there into the Negev, then go up into the hill country, see what the land is like, whether the people who live in it are strong or they weak, whether they are few or, or many. How is the land in which they live? Is it a good land or is it a bad land? And how are the cities in which they live? Are they like open camps or with fortifications? How is the land? Is it fat or is it lean? Are there trees in it or not? And make an effort to get some of the fruit of the land 
Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up, they spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, all the way to Leboth Hamath. Now look with me in verse number 25, just skipping around a little bit. And when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses in there and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation, and they showed them the fruit of the land. And thus they told them and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is the fruit, verse number 28. But nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, and they are very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which is literally the giants that were in the land. Verse number 29. And Amalek is living in the land of Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Verse number 30. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But when the men had gone up with him, said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. The land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in the land were men of great size or great stature. There also we saw Nephilim, who were the sons of Anak, who were the giants, who were part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. I want to draw your attention back to verse number 30, because this is where I want to go with today. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. The King James says, let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we are well able to overcome it. In other words, Caleb said, we got this. We can do this. Will you just high five about three people around you and just tell them, we can do this. We're talking about advancing the cause, but we can do this. Come on, just push on somebody and tell them, you can do this. You can do this. You can do what? You can do whatever God called you to do. You can be whoever God called you to be. Come on, I'm waiting on some Holy Ghost filled believers in the house. We can do this. We should by all means go up and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Doesn't matter what's in the land. What matters is we got a word. Doesn't matter what stands in front of us. What matters is who's in us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you today, Lord, we have sensed the tangible presence of you today already moving among us in this place. Lord, we never take it lightly. We never take it for granted that you would dwell tabernacle among your people. So, Father, today we pray as we come to the Word of God. Lord, I pray for hearts to be open, minds to be open. Lord, I pray for sensitivity to receive what it is that the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. 
And Lord, we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, you are the communicator. You are the preacher, the teacher. You're the revealer. You're the revelator of truth today. Thank you for what you're going to do in the hearts of men and women that have gathered here and those that are listening. And Lord, we just give you all the glory, all the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. In our text, the journey that we're talking about for the children of Israel as they were coming away or coming out of Pharaoh's brickyard towards the land of promise, it comes to us as a picture of how they had to overcome their previous level in order to embrace the next level that God had for them. For generations after generations, they had lived in a perpetual state of bondage. The thing about bondage that you have to just realize early on this morning, the thing about bondage is that after you have been detained, restrained, and contained, after you've been that way long enough, you become demoralized in your own soul. What happens is self-doubt begins to settle in over your life. And even though you've been released from the grasp of that bondage, you find yourself still living by the strings that are attached to that bondage. And it doesn't matter what you're facing or what, what you're believing for, if you never get past the strings and the attachment of that bondage, no matter what God has for you, you'll always gravitate back to what you've been a part of. And so self-doubt begins to settle in, and, and when it's, and that's done to individual, of course, but it takes even a stronger role when it comes to a community or even over a generation because generations can be held in bondage. You can have families, generations after generations, that are held under the same bondage, and it becomes a stronghold that becomes really hard to break. And so what happens is when that generation of families or community or even an individual stays in that bondage over any length of time, that dysfunction that is wrapped around them becomes normalized and nobody never gets set free. And what I love in this particular passage of scripture that we read, but I didn't talk about it, we didn't read where it came from, but what I love about this particular passage of scripture and what I appreciate, appreciate a lot about God is, is that God can do things that are even beyond you. Uh, God can do things that only he can do. And, and there are some things that are so twisted and so dysfunctional in our life that if God doesn't ever get involved, then things never really get any better. But there are things that God will do in people's lives and there are things that God will do even in generations and communities that go beyond just what you can do. And while the children of Israel were in Pharaoh's brickyard, they had a promise in front of them. They had a promise of revelation that had been prophesied to them for hundreds of years, but they didn't know how to get there. They didn't know how to get it. A generation that was born in bondage is raised in bondage, so all they ever know is bondage. But sometimes God will just step in. <laughs> Trying to help us today, you just got to know that doesn't matter how long you've been in a circumstance, 
Doesn't matter how long you've been wrapped up in some trouble and struggle. Sometimes God will just step in just to let the devil know you can't get the upper hand on something that I've already blessed. And God will step in and God begins to do some amazing things just like he did for the children of Israel here in our text. God began to move on their behalf in some, in some amazing ways. He sent the ten uh, plagues against Egypt. They had, they had the lice and the flies and the frogs and the, and the darkness and the blood, that was, and the water that was turned to blood. And then they had the, 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 the death of the firstborn and all these ten plagues. They had the hailstorms that came and all the pestilence that began to wrap itself around the livestock and livestock began to die. And God was just letting them know, I can do things beyond what you can do. I can move where you can't move. I can solve problems where you can't solve problems. In other words, God can do stuff for us that we can never do for ourselves. So God begins to do these amazing things for the children of Israel while they begin to break free out of bondage so that, that just so that, that, that you know and so that they know, so that we know that, that the one who gave the promise is never limited by getting you to the promise. Whatever God has said about you, whatever God has said about your purpose and your destiny, let me just put it in a corporate sense, whatever God has said about the vision of this house, there's no devil, there's no witch, there's no warlock, there's no trial, there's no principality, there's nothing that can stop the advancement of God as long as he has some people that can agree with him. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And so in our text today, we find Moses now, he's sending these 12 spies into the land for 40 days to spy out the land and see if the land is everything that has been prophesied about. And they come back and they say, hey, the land is a land that's flowing with milk and honey. It's a good land. It's a land of plenty. It's a land of more than enough. I mean, no, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God of more than enough. He's not Jehovah El Chipo. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God of more than enough. He said, when we got into that land, they came back and said, man, it's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. We ain't never seen a land like that in all the days of our life. It's a land of plenty. It's a land of opportunity. It's a land that everything that the prophets have spoken about, it's a land that everything that God has ever said, it is a beautiful land. It's a beautiful promise. But 10 out of the 12 came back and they began to spread what the Bible calls an evil report. They began to spread a bad report into the camp that began to impact the psyche, the mentality of a generation. And it began to stop the flow of progress. Let me say it to you this way. In order to possess your promise, you're going to have to learn to start thinking on a different level. You're going to have to learn how to change your mind about some things. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your mind always has to get through it first before you can have it experiential. If your mind can't get wrapped around it, your body will never experience it. So you have to think on a different level. Bishop Miller used to always say it. You have to think on the level that you've been anointed. 
you, you have to begin to tap into a dimension of your life that you've been anointed to walk in. So, so if, you don't, if you don't think on a different level, if you don't believe that God has given you the land, if you don't believe that God has given you the promise, then you're never going to inherit it. Then you're never going to receive it. This will be on the screen for you. If we don't ever get our mind around the fact that we are capable of having what God gave us, then we will never get or manifest what he has given or what he has promised. Why? I want to ask the question this morning, why are we questioning what God has already said? Huh? Why do we let our minds wander off into a Christian culture that's tainted by carnality and flesh? How many know that we got cultural Christians and you got biblical Christians? Cultural Christians just go with the flow and they become really religious. But biblical Christians take the word of God and say, this is what God has said. I'm going to put my foot on it and I'm going to believe God. Come hell or high water, sink or swim, live or die, I ain't turning loose of the word of God over my life. I'm going to press into what God has said about me. I don't care about the circumstances. I don't care about the layout. I don't care about the giants. I don't care about the fortified cities. I don't care about the walls that looks like we can't uh, penetrate. But if God gave us a word, it has no effect on what is in that land because if God gave us the word, surely he'll give us the ability to overthrow what's in the land. So, so, so if you're not careful, if you're not careful, when God begins to put a promise over your life, if you're not careful, you will become a prisoner of your own mind and you'll start committing mental suicide. And you'll abort the dreams that God has for your life. You will become like all these people that like these zombie movies that are coming out. Amen. Some of y'all don't need to be watching that. Huh? The living dead. You're like the living dead. You're walking around, but you ain't got no sense. Huh? You're eating, you're breathing, you're drinking, you're functioning to some degree but you have become a prisoner locked in your own thinking that is limiting the potential that God has from working inside of you. Amen. I'm challenged by the very thought of what God wants to do in this house corporately. I'm challenged to the core of my being. I'm challenged to the core of my faith because when I look around, because I look at the numbers every day, I, I look at systems every day. I look at progress and stats every single day. And when I look around, I'm saying, God, how can you take what's here and do what you're calling us to do? So I get challenged in my faith. And if I'm not careful, my mind will revert back to what's familiar. My mind will keep me locked into what is logic versus what is faith. And sooner or later, you just have to tell your mind, get in line. Sooner or later, you have to speak to yourself. Have you ever had to prophesy to yourself? Have you ever had to just look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? You can do what God called you to do. You can be who God called you to be. And sometimes you just got to train your mind to think like God. Because if not, then your mind's going to think like what it's been trained to do. Blot out God. Amen. So how many know that being born again will get you to heaven? But having a renewed mind will get heaven to you. Amen. Amen. 
Being born again will get you to heaven, but when you get a renewed mind, you bring heaven into you. See, in a renewed mind is the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2 says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's a mind that's governed and led by the Spirit of God. In other words, it's a mind that's not led by your soul. I'm going to preach in a minute. Y'all still with me? It's a mind that's not governed by your soul. How many know your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions? Your mind cannot be driven by your emotions. Your mind has to be driven and led by the Spirit of God. If, 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 if we, we all have a mind, and it's governed by something. It's controlled and influenced by something. And a mind that's governed by the Spirit is a mind that's governed by God. But a mind that's governed by the soul is a mind that's governed by its feelings. Now, feelings ain't bad. God gave them to us. It takes feelings to operate in the natural order. He gave us hearing, seeing, taste, feel, right? Right? He gave us the five senses. Smell. Some of y'all can't smell because you had COVID. <laughs> Uh, still trying to get my smell back (laughs) can't taste nothing but I mean he he gave us the five senses to function in a natural world but he gave us his spirit to function in a natural world by embracing a supernatural world that has the power to override a natural world and the thing about your feelings if your feelings don't get baptized, if your feelings don't get renewed, talking about your mind now, if your mind doesn't get baptized and gets renewed by the things of God, then your mind talks you out of everything that God has promised you. Because when God speaks to you, He's not speaking to your head. He's not speaking to your feelings. He's not speaking to your emotions. He's speaking to your spirit. And only your spirit can wrap itself around what God is saying. And if you don't get your spirit wrapped around what God is saying, your mind will pull your spirit into a wrong dimension. Your mind will keep your spirit, man, locked down to a place of frustration and limitations. But when the Bible says those that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So when you get to that place where I'm no longer led by my feelings, feelings are good indicators, but it's a horrible dictator. Horrible dictators. And and I know people say, you ever heard people say, well, I just didn't feel like coming to church. When did your feelings have a say-so? Why are you letting your feelings talk your body and your spirit out? Well, I didn't feel like praising God. Why? Why? Why are you letting your feelings dictate not only your mood, but it's dictating the purposes of God in your life? Huh? How many know, now just be honest with me. Don't look around. Just be honest with me. How many knows, how many's ever not felt like going to work? The rest of y'all are lying. Yeah, you just didn't feel like going to work. But how many went up and got to work anyway? You know what motivated you? It's called a paycheck. It's called a paycheck. So you got up and went to work anyhow. What would the body of Christ be like 
If people say, well, I don't feel like doing it, but you know what? I'm going to get up and do it anyhow. I don't have all the answers. My body may be weak. I may be tired, but I'm going to get up and do it. I'm going to be like Gideon. I'm a little weary, but I'm still pursuing. I'm not giving up on what God has said. Amen. So you just get up and you do it anyway. You have to discipline your spirit to lead. Amen. Amen. You have to discipline your mind to come in line with your spirit. Because if you read the Word of God, the Word of God is going to contradict your mind. Because your mind's going to start saying, I can't do that. I can't be that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't have that. Well, if God said you can have it, then it don't matter. God said, I'll do things that you can't do. If I have to, I'll send ten plagues into Pharaoh's house and make him let you go. Out of compulsion, I'll make him let you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you got to be willing to go. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, taking every thought captive. Watch this. To the obedience of Jesus Christ. And we are ready. This is where you got to get. You got to be ready to punish disobedience. I'm taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And any thought that doesn't line up with the word, any thought that doesn't line up with my promise, any thought that doesn't line up with what God is saying about me, I'm going to punish that thought. I'm going to hold that thought in. I'm not going to let that thought dictate and rule and reign over what God is saying about me. Come on, if you believe that, come on, tell somebody he'll do it. 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 You got, you, you got, you got to get to that place in your life where the Word of God is the most powerful thing in your head. Woo. I just said something right there. Tweet that. you got to get to a place where the Word of God is the most powerful thing working in your head. Because if the Word of God is not the most powerful thing working in your mind, your mind is going to work something against your spirit. And the Bible says the mind and the spirit, that, that they're at enmity with each other. There is a war going on. So you have to learn to convert your mind to think like God. And the only way you can do that, you can't just come to church on Sunday morning and hear somebody preach. You're going to have to dig yourself into that Word. You're going to have to discipline yourself under that Word. You're going to have to learn how to read that Word. Talk to me up in here. You can't just come to church and say I'm going to believe God on Sunday because Monday through Saturday you are being bombarded by all kind of lies, all kind of demonic activity and all kind of things that the enemy is working against you and by the time you get to Sunday we got to repump, we got to retrain we got to redisciple, we got to rediscipline everybody just to get you back on board so that you can believe God for another day but sooner or later you come to a place of maturity and you just begin to walk around, I don't care what it looks like, I believe God. I believe God that it's going to turn out exactly like I have been told. I don't care what I have to face. I don't care what I got to walk through. I'm going to believe the word of God over everything that's against me. Come on, tell somebody. He'll do it now. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. Scientists have discovered, Pastor Carlos and I talk about this all the time, it takes 63 days to retrain your mind to think differently. Scientifically proven. <laughs> if 
Follow the science. <laughs> yeah? 63 days. I know some people that can't hold out for 63 seconds. It's going to take 63 days. How many of you ever just had a word challenge? I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to get up. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible before I go to bed. I'm going to read the Bible when I get up in the morning. I'm going to read the Bible. That lasts about a day. It's about like going to the, like, like, like getting a gym membership. <laughs> you go to Walmart and buy your little gym outfits. You come in there one day. <laughs> you come back. Oh, I'm too sore. You don't go for the next three weeks. <laughs> I mean, you can't treat the word of God like a gym membership. Huh? Talk to me up in here. You're going to have to get ingrained in it. Hmm? You got to retrain your mind. You got to begin to think on a different level. And I'm saying this because what God has for us corporately, He's got many things in store for you individually. But what God has for us corporately, we can't look around at the circumstances. I drove by the property earlier this last week, and you know, the, I guess the state or whatever, I think they're fixing to pave the main highway out here, Highway 27, and they had to pull some markers, some, some elevations, and they put some stakes right across our property right there. I don't know if y'all seen them. There's some stakes going right across our property. I said, that's prophetic. I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that's God. I'm just saying to me it's prophetic. I'm just saying God is letting me know that one day there's going to be some surveyors out there putting some stakes in the ground. Karen asked me the other day, she said, what are those stakes for? I said, I, said, I, said, I, said, I think it's DOT or whatever. They're, they're getting ready to mark some stuff off. And I said they had to probably pull an elevation off that back fence. Or somewhere on our property, they pulled an elevation and they just put a line of stakes in there. I know a little bit about it. Donald knows a little bit about it. We worked on the survey crews before, so we know and understand those things. And so I just said, I told Karen, I said, but you know what? When they're done, I'm going to leave them up. <laughs> I'm just going to leave them up. I may go put some more and make a corner out of them. You know, just put them around there and just put a bunch of ribbon. Let it flow in the wind. You know, just put a bunch of ribbon out there just to draw some attention because we believe that our mind is going somewhere. We believe that God has taken this body somewhere. Amen. So God will do for us more than we can do for ourselves if we can learn to change the way we think. I'm about to get to where I'm going, okay? The Bible says that when the leaders came back, they said to the people that the land is everything that God said it was. And they said the people in the land now are stronger. The cities are fortified. And we saw the sons of Anak there. We saw some giants in the land. I want you to notice this. This will be on the screen for you. I want you to notice this. It was the estimation of the leaders that began to mark the boundaries for the next generation. Huh? It was the estimation of the people present that began to mark the, the, the boundaries for the next generation. See, if you think we're doing this for you, you have missed God all the way around. If you think God does anything just for you, you have missed God all the way around. It's never, God doesn't think individually, God thinks generationally. So when God is saying something to you, he's saying something to you that's everything that's attached to you. So it was the leaders who went in and they spied out the land. They came back and said, hey, you know what? It's everything God said it was. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, but there's some giants in the land. 
There's some fortified cities. And it was the estimation of the leaders, watch, that began to put the lockdown on an entire generation. It was the leaders that was imposing limitations on the next generation. It was the leaders that was determining the boundaries and the perimeters of the next generation. It was their estimation that kept the next generation in lockdown. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? You and I as leaders, I'm talking to all of us, as leaders in the body of Christ, been exposed to enough God, enough word in the body of Christ, enough vision. We have already lived long enough to see how good God has been. We just sing about he's a faithful God. We can look back over our life and we can see how God has been good to us. And we don't need to put a message to the next generation that we can't do this when God said we could do it. So we cannot let the estimation of a negative report Woo, I'd rather you not say nothing than to say something contrary I'd rather you just walk around that wall with your mouth shut come on Israel and don't say nothing until we tell you to shout because what you'll do is you'll kill the move of God because it was ten spies that infected nearly two and a half million people. Don't tell me your words don't have weight. Don't tell me your words don't have consequences. And because of the 10, they, they made a whole generation march around in the wilderness until that generation died off. And Joshua and Caleb had to begin to work with the next generation. And they were saying to them, listen, that generation didn't make it because the Bible says in Hebrews, they did not mix the word with belief. They could not get their mind wrapped around what God was doing in their day. So God let them die off and he raised up another generation. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a sad commentary. I don't want to have to go to heaven and God say, well, I just had to let you die off and get somebody that had some faith behind you to do what you were supposed to do. And don't, no, don't you take that lightly. God's going to hold us accountable for not only what we did, but he's going to hold us accountable for what we didn't do, but what we were supposed to do. So God says, so God said, listen, you got, you, got, you got to get your mind. You got to get your mind. You got to start thinking on a different dimension. They go into the land of promise, the land that they had been thinking about for hundreds of years. And even though God had delivered them with a strong and mighty hand and sustained them, that's another level. He got them out of Egypt, then he sustained them in the wilderness. Shoes didn't wear out. That's the anointing I'm praying over my wife. Shoes don't wear out. <laughs> Clothes never wear out. Cloud by day. Pillar of fire by night. 75 degree temperature all day long. Because God knows how to keep you right. Never had to lack for food. Had food fall from heaven. When they wanted meat, God said, y'all, you want some meat? By God, I'll send you some quail. I'll send some quail to you. And the Bible says they ate so much quail, it ran out of their nostrils. That's in your Bible. Oh, you need water? Just strike the rock.
Come on. Because God knows how to take care of you. So for 40 years, God's taken care of some people that he brought out of 400 years of bondage, gets them to the Red Sea, opens up the Red Sea, lets them walk across on dry ground because you can't put two and a half million people in soupy ground because not everybody's going to make it across. Before you get to the last person, they're going to be in the mud up to about neck deep. But they walk across on dry ground, and then when Pharaoh tries to follow them, God says, nah, I'm going to take them where you can't go. So he closed the book on Pharaoh. He closed the borders on Pharaoh, drowned all him and his army, taking care of them in a wilderness for 40 years. And then they go in and they spy out the land, and they come back, and they said, it's a good land. However, there's some giants in the land. There's some fortified cities in the land. And after God has sustained you all these years, now you're going to fuss about that? After God has taken care of you all this time in your life and you're worried about giants? You're worried about fortified cities? Ladies and gentlemen, don't that sound like the modern day church? God has been so good to us and then he puts a promise in front of us and the first thing we say, oh, that's impossible. We can never do that. I'm just trying to tell you, don't be that generation that doesn't mix faith. Don't be that generation that doesn't take the word of God seriously. Let's do something in our day. Let's make history in our day. Let's make the power of God available in our day. Let's have a move of God in our region, in our day. Come on, if you believe that, give God a praise. Come on. Come on, give him a praise. And I, I, get, I, get, a little, I get a little bored sometimes. All these guys that know me, I get really bored because I feel like if I ain't fighting something, we ain't taking nothing. I feel like if we, ain't, if we ain't advancing, we're retreating. I don't want to be stale. I don't want to be stagnant. I want to let the devil know you put your hands on something that God has blessed. You put your hands on something that God is trying to promote. That's why when the enemy attacks your family, you need to say, hey, Jack, you have messed up. You have made a serious onslaught mistake because even though I'm weak today, you just need to know the God inside of me is going to rise up and you touch my family. You have touched me. And God says, if they touch you, they have touched the apple of my eye. And you got to know that the greater one is on the inside of you. You got to get to that place where you understand, I'm not worried about what's impossible. I'm just trying to get my mind around what God can make possible. Those questions, well, how are we going to do it? I don't know if we can do it. People who talk like that don't engage. You ever notice the people who claim, uh, 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 complain the most about the ministry are the ones who ain't serving in it? So when, it, when, when somebody has a complaint to me and they're not serving, I hear them, but I don't. <laughs> I'm going to be polite. I'm going to be kind. I'll say, thank you for that. But I trust me, I ain't moving on it. I ain't moving on it. Because if you can't get your heart engaged in it, then your words carry no weight to me. Because there's always going to be some complainers. <laughs> there's always going to be some doubters. There's always going to be somebody. It's always you know, it's the crab in the box syndrome, right? You know what a crab You don't even have to put a lid over the crabs in the box. All you got to do is just put a bunch of crabs in there. And about the time that one is about to break over the top, that other crab will throw that claw and then snatch him back down and say, huh, you ain't getting out of this box. And that's what the church does to one another. When somebody's about to get over the top, they go, no, you ain't pulling out. We're going to pull you back down. That is such a demonic-induced spirit. 
Amen. So we got we to get everybody on the same page at the same time, saying the same language. Not brickyard language. Faith language. Promise language. So they go into the land. Watch this now. They couldn't get past their own thinking because they saw the challenges. All they saw was the problem, uh, the problems, and never saw the promise. Or at least when they did see it, they let the problems override the promise. I wonder how many people are walking in defeat because you're letting your problems override your promise. You know, it's it's like it's like believers. How many know that we should be on this journey to maturity? Amen. You've been saved for 10 years and you're still cussing. Still got a potty mouth. Then we have a prayer line for, for breakthrough. You don't come. And then you want to blame God. Well, God ain't going to do nothing. No, you got to make a move. You got to move in faith. People struggling in their marriage. We have a prayer line. We got prayer people have praying. Believe in God for breakthrough in your life. Don't ever come up front. Well, just stay in your misery. Just stay in your misery and blame everybody around you except for you. Because it's always somebody else's fault. Is that right? That's that's the culture that we live in. It's somebody else. It's never my fault. I'm the victim. I'm the victim of the circumstance. No, you're just part of the circumstance, but you don't have to be the victim. You can be the victorious one in the midst of the circumstances. But you got to change the way you think about it. So they got stuck because they were believing everybody else's reports. I wonder how many people are stuck today because of the opinions of other people. I wonder how many people are held down by the opinions of other people. I lived in this city all my life, like many of you. You know, this town can talk. (laughs) I mean, it's faster than the Internet. It's faster than 5G. You let something happen, next thing you know, it's going to spread to 100 people. My God, how'd you hear about it? It just happened like 30 minutes ago. Because people love to tell bad things on people. It's called gossiping, by the way, which is a sin. (laughs) But people get stuck because of somebody else's opinion. There's a system in our culture today in our city that won't let people get up. Because if you don't have a certain name or a certain status, you don't get the favor. Amen. You know, know, like this church right here, this church has always been like the outcast. It's always been like the outcast because, you know, we we, we take everybody. We're like, hey, come as you are. We believe if you come long enough, stay long enough, you're going to get fixed. So we, we, it, this is not a church of the upper echelon. Guess what? It'll never be as long as I got breath in my body and standing behind this pulpit. It'll never be a church of the upper echelon. 
We want the upper echelon and we want those that are struggling. We want crack babies and we want saved babies. We want everybody from the top to the bottom. We want everybody to come in just like you are because we believe that if you can get into the presence of the Holy Spirit and you can get your mind retrained and renewed and redirected, you don't have to live the way you've been living. I don't care what the system looks like. God will send a plague to the system to break it up just to get you free. God knows how to deal with your adversaries. Yes, he will. So, so we got all this that's going on. I wonder how many people are taking laps when they should be taking levels. Hmm? I wonder how many people stay trapped in generational bondages because of generational curses. So you got Egypt. Egypt, Egypt was a, had a system. Egypt had a system. It was a, it was, it was a system that was designed to keep you in. Come on, coronavirus. It's designed to lock you down. Egypt was designed to lock you down. It was, it was economic slavery. It's what Egypt was. That caused you to build up the very thing that held you down. That, that's what Egypt was about. Working but never getting results. Generational welfare. Never getting above anything. A system designed to hold you or to keep you. And once you get in it, you can't hardly get out of it. Because it becomes generational lockdowns in your life. And that's why you got to get your mind renewed. You got to get something inside your head. That says, if God has put something in me, mainly his spirit, then I'm not limited by the world that I'm functioning in. I'm not living by the system that I'm having to live in. I'm not limited by the ways of other people's opinions. I'm only limited by the way I think. And if I can change the way I think, Egypt can't hold me. I don't care how many generations of my family has been locked down. I can break out of this because I've got a renewed mind. Amen. That's why I, I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, man, you just feel like, man, I feel something like, like, like you're hard. Sometimes about people coming to church all the time. What other choice do you have? What do you mean? I, I, I'm not talking about people who work on Sundays. I'm talking about people who are not coming to church on Sundays. I'm not talking to the unbeliever. I'm talking to the believer. Why do I have to be at church every Sunday? Because your mind, your mind is being trained. By the, by, by the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If we looked up, if we looked up your social media page and just seen how many hours you were on social media, your mind is being bombarded by all kinds of news, by all kinds of pornography. Your mind is being hit on every level. So at one day, we only have it one day a week. It's only one day a week. Are you so busy that you cannot dedicate enough discipline in your life for one day a week to sit under a corporate anointing to let God release something bigger inside of you? Woo. Well, I just don't feel like it. There you go again with your feelings. <laughs> Woo. Amen. You ever thought about it this way? Somebody say, I want to join the Army, join Marines, Navy, whatever. Uh, we're going to send you through boot camp. I don't know, what is it, six or eight weeks? My military people, is it about six or eight weeks? You got to go through boot camp. Can you imagine that soldier saying, you know what? I'm going to give you three. 
I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you about three good weeks. The other weeks, I'm just going to kind of loaf around. I'm just going to kind of do what I want to do. <laughs> they look at you like y'all looking at me like right now. Like, like. Because I guarantee you that probably back in the day, he at least get a pop knot on his head. I don't know what they do now. Put them in a the corner, make them suck their thumbs. I don't know what they do. <laughs> like, no you, no, you don't get days off. You have enlisted in a service to help defend the very land that you love. Can you imagine as believers if we would just take on the role? When I became born again, I was enlisted into the army of the Lord to take on every trespassing spirit that's in the land that I love, that's in the home that I love, that's in the body that I love. And I have enlisted in the army And I don't get to take a day off Because that enemy is relentless That enemy keeps on pursuing So I have to put myself In the environment of training As much as I can So that when the enemy comes in like a flood There's always going to be the spirit of a God Spirit of the Lord that raises up a standard against them Amen So You got to get to that place Where you understand it's a, it's a system if not, you'll just stay bound to the system and you keep building up what's holding you in. That's what Egypt did. That's what Jericho was a system. Jericho. Jericho was a system that kept you locked out. That's why God put Jericho first because it became a first fruit city. There were going to be 30 other cities that they had to take. Jericho was the first. And God says, if you can get past Jericho, you can win every other city. So I'm going to give you the biggest walls first. I'm going to give you the biggest obstacle first. And I'm going to let you know that I can take care of you first. Jericho was a system that was designed to keep what was in it locked in and what was on the outside locked out. It wasn't designed to let you in, but God said, uh -uh, I'll break that rule. I'll break that system. And I'll break it to such a point that when I do it, people are going to believe, how did that happen? Because all I'm going to do is tell you to shout. <laughs> oh my Lord Can you imagine us Just say hey I'm going to believe God Maybe in your personal life I'm going to believe God for what he's saying to me Then you got all the naysayers Sometimes you got to be careful who you talk to Huh Because they're dream killers Yeah That's why if you're, if you're in this house You need to be building relationships With people of like minded faith if not, because you'll, you'll get a good word or a message or you'll feel God and you'll walk back in, into your territory in your camp and somebody's going to kill it. Yeah. Somebody will talk you out of coming back next week. <laughs> Amen. I'm about done. Y'all all right? The truth is, this will be on the screen, the truth is we inherit more than just traits, trends, and tendencies in our bloodlines. The truth is we inherit mindsets and mentalities. We inherit that. Or you think just like your daddy. Well, I inherited that. If my daddy didn't think right, i got to change the way I think. Amen. Amen. Your mindset, your mentality is always revealed by what you run back to when you're in trouble. Huh? I know I'm, I'm probably a little bit more pastoral today than I am evangelistic, evangelistically preaching right now. A little bit more pastorally today. But you have to understand, 
don't share your business with somebody who don't have the ability to help you. If somebody ain't got the ability to help you, don't tell them what's going on in you. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at people who run around just telling their problems to somebody who's in the same problem. Listen, if you've been divorced three times and somebody's going through a divorce and they come and tell you how you can help me, just say, I can't help you. I had three shots that and I ain't got it right yet. <laughs> huh? If I need some financial advice, I don't go to somebody who's broke. Hey, can you help me? <laughs> yeah, man, let me tell you how you do it. Yeah, you're just going down there to hit that lotto, man. You got to hit that lotto. You got you to get in there and buy some tickets. <laughs> Listen, y'all don't know this. My wife knows this. My daughters do. Brittany does. Every morning between 5.30 and 5.30, there's a gas station right here in town. I go there every single morning because I got a bunch of buddies around there. Man, they heathens, they sinners. I walk in there and I just, I just start conversation with them and say, man, they, hey, man, they give, give, me, give me $20 on them at three right there. I need them $20. And they just spend that money and say, you know what, buddy? I say, I pray, I pray to God that you hit it because when you hit it, I believe God's going to bless you and you're going to come to church with me. I'm witnessing every morning, every morning. I, I, they're, they're my friends, they're heathens. But I'm not asking not one of them for financial advice. I'm not asking not one of them on how to fix my marriage. I'm not asking none of them how to be happy. Because <laughs> they don't have the ability to help me. See, if you're going to hang out with anybody, don't hang out with a 10. Hang out with a 2. Hang out with a 2 that's got the right report. Hang out with a 2 that can see it the way God sees it. Run around with some people who know they are some giant killers. Find you a Joshua. Find you a Caleb and say, you know what? I just believe God has given us that mountain. I believe God has given us that promise. So I'm going to hook my faith up to your faith and I'm going to believe God with you every step of the way. I used to tell Bishop years ago when, first, when we first started traveling a lot together, Bishop would say things. He'd declare things. Some of you were here when he'd speak vision over this house. Some of you, we were in the youth center. He was speaking vision over this property. We didn't even own this property. It wasn't even available. But he was speaking vision. He was speaking schools. He was building sanctuaries. I mean, he was just speaking all this. And I just said, Bishop, I can't see it. I was honest. Bishop, I can't see it. My faith ain't there. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put my finger in your belt loop. And I'll hide. I'll hang on to your belt loop and I'll ride with you until I begin to see what you're saying. And when I start seeing what you're saying, I'm going to start saying what you're seeing. And you got to get to a place where you hang out with some people that have the ability to hear God and stay with God long enough until whatever he has promised begins to manifest. That's why I don't get intimidated. I don't care if you're sick, dying, or dead. I'll pray for you on any level, on any category. I don't care if you're going through the worst hell because if I can put my faith in the middle of it, there is a possibility that God will move on your behalf. You've got to have some faith people in your life. People who can walk through giants and walk through walled cities and walk through strongholds and say, I know they're there, but I'm not focusing on what's there. I'm focusing on the promise that God has given me. This will, I'm closing. This will be the last thing right here. You, you will always, this will be on the screen, you will always be misjudged and misinterpreted when you decide to move away from what everybody else is tied to. And you can't let their unbelief affect your belief. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. My wife knows my personal struggles more than anybody on this planet. She knows my faith struggles more than anybody on this planet. But she, she'll tell you this. There's not a day I don't walk through that green room door and I'm about to grab this microphone. I don't care if it's a wedding, a funeral, or a church service. When I walk through that door and I grab this microphone, I say to the Lord, Lord, if you'll just let me get started. If I can just open up my mouth, I'm going to shift an atmosphere. I'm not being braggadocious. I'm just saying I got enough faith in God that God will work through me if I'll just, be, if I'll just present myself. And there's going to be all kinds of people that's going to misinterpret you. They're going to misread you. And they're going to misjudge you. But you know what? I'm not focused on your opinion. I'm not focused on how you think about the service ought to be. I'm focused on what God is trying to do collectively and holy. I don't care if you say it's three minutes past 12. I'm not worried about you. I am trying to get to the place where we understand if God has put something in front of us, there ought to be enough people that say we can do what God said we can do. Amen. Amen. So, 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 here we go. This, Pastor Porter, you can, you can come on. If people, listen to this. Hold on, Pastor Porter. Y'all just hold on. People can watch y'all walk out, and I need to hear this. If people are not assisting you, if people are not investing in you, if people are not interceding for you, then what value does their opinion matter anyway? Some of y'all won't even clap because I'm, I'm coming after your mindset. I'm coming right where you live. I am coming to your house. I am coming to your address. When you have people in your life that don't add anything to your life, when they're out of your life, you won't miss them. I don't, I'm, not worried. I'm not worried about who gets connected and who gets disconnected. If they disconnect, they weren't a part of my future anyway. I'm, I, I'm a, I, I love the way, the way Bishop T.G. Jakes always used to say, he preached this like 20 years ago. He said, I'm the bus driver. I'm the bus driver. I just, I just drive the bus, and I just go to each bus stop. Some people get on, and some people get off. My job is not to see who gets on and gets off. My job is to get to the bus routes and just keep on driving. That's all I'm doing. I'm just driving the bus. Some people are going to get on, and some people are going to, I don't care if you misjudge me. You're not going to judge me at the end of times anyway. I don't care what you think about me. You can't help me. You can't promote me. If you think, if I thought you could help me or promote me, then I would have to give you praise when it happened. But the fact is, God may have used you. God may have inspired you to do something. But at the end of the day, it's the Lord who promotes. It's the Lord who brings one up. It's the Lord who brings one down. Woo! Amen. All right, come on, come on, guys. I'm sorry, come on. Didn't want nobody to miss that point right there. And sometimes God would rather you deal with the pain of somebody else's absence than the consequences of their presence. Sometimes God will let you deal with the pain of their absence. I'm not saying I don't feel it. I do. I do. Karen and I have shed a lot of tears. When we see people get disconnected. There's people in this church that got disconnected during COVID. And it hurt. It hurts to the bone. I mean, it hurt. It rips our hearts out. We've cried a lot of nights because they're still not in church. There's people who left this church because of politics. And it hurts. It hurts to the bone. But you know what? I'm not going to let that hurt override my faith. I'm not going to let it override my faith. I'm going to keep moving on. 
That means there are times when your calling has to be more than your company and your comfort. Your calling, your purpose, your destiny in life has to be more important than your company and your comfort. I'd rather be labeled and criticized and not miss my calling rather than be comfortable and miss it. Amen. Amen. The price of your potential is in your comfort. If you want to stay comfortable, you're going to miss a whole lot of God. Because here's the thing about God. God will never give you a lifestyle where faith is not necessary. That's right. That's right. If you make a million dollars a year, he's going to give you a $2 million vision. He's always going to make you stretch for something because the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. He's never going to give you a lifestyle where he's not necessary. Probably part of the, the American mentality it is because we pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, right? That, that's, the way we, that's the way we do it. You know what? That ain't even true. There was people that laid down their life so that you get to stand on the opportunities that you have right now. Yes. That's why it's crazy to, to disregard our military, our armed force people. It's crazy to, 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 to throw... Words at them like it didn't matter. It's crazy to say that those who laid down their lives for this nation to be such a great The reason why God blessed this nation is because people had a heart for God when they started the nation. So you didn't do nothing by yourself. They provided an opportunity for you to make a way. Woo. Amen. 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 We live in a time where if we're not careful... We get talked out of the very things that God's trying to bless us because he's never going to let you have a life where he can't be a part of. And I have to be honest. I'm honest. I, got, I get comfortable in this building. It gets comfortable. We, don't, we, we make payments. That ain't no big deal. There was a day when it was a big deal. <laughs> there was a day when Pastor Carlos couldn't get a paycheck. So, but I had to be paid because I had to keep going. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Nobody on our team over the last 21 years has never missed a paycheck. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. I'm telling you, that's the testimony of the Lord. Never missed a paycheck because the blessings of the Lord are here. But you know what? God's never going to let us settle either. He's going to keep pushing us. That's why we're coming to the place where we can advance the cause. Caleb said, we can do this, guys. We can do this. We are well able to handle what's in that promised land. God didn't bring us out of here to let us fail. He brought us out of here to give us success. Amen? Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Come on, won't you just take about 30 seconds and just lift your hands and just begin to bless him for a moment, will you? I sense his presence in here. Such a move of God. Such a strong presence. Come on, are you tired of battling in your own flesh? You tired of battling in your own mind? Just take a moment and surrender it all. Just surrender it. Lord, I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my actions. Don't say you want the will of God but won't surrender your will. You got to surrender your will to get his will. 
That's what Jesus said. He said, Lord, not my will be done, but let your will be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just take a moment and just begin to lift up your voice and cry out to him. I believe God's doing something supernatural in people's hearts. Breaking mindset, strongholds. Oh, yes. church 
That includes the people that I have any kind of voice of authority over. That includes everybody who's under the reign of my authority. I'm just saying, if I stay on track with God, everything under the sound of my influence will be blessed. I believe household salvations are coming to families. Come on. Come on. We got to believe that. Children are coming back to the Lord. Grandchildren are coming back to the Lord. I believe aunts and uncles, nephews and nieces are coming. Grandpas and grandmas. In the name of Jesus. So take about 30 seconds. Let's lift our voice and cry out. Come on, cry out. Call them out by name. Call them out by name. Lord, they will be saved. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. My house will know the blessings of the Lord. My house will be blessed and not cursed. The people attached to me will see the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. As for me and my house, believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. You and your house, believe, believe that he can turn it. Believe that he will do it. Prodigal sons, prodigal daughters, wayward children, disconnected family. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, mentalities. Mentalities be broken right here, right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I feel a warfare. I feel a warfare. I feel an army rising. I feel a march coming into the land. Marching across the land. Speaking the powers. Speaking the spirits. Loose them now. Loose them now. Loose them and let them go. Freedom. Freedom over my family. Freedom over my kinfolks. Freedom over my loved ones. We break the bondage. Drug addiction. Be broken. Alcohol. Be broken. Sexual perversion. Be broken. Prodigal living. Be broken. Loose living. Be broken. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Greed. Be broken. Be broken. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory. Glory. Come on, I feel there's a liberty. Something is being pressed into the atmosphere. Victory is being released. Tell the devil you can't have it. Tell the devil you can't have them. You can't have them. They belong to the Lord. They've been dedicated to God. They're under my anointing. They're under my influence. They belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Give them up. Make the 
devil flee. In the name of Jesus, my prayers mean something. My prayers carry weight. My faith has an address in the realm of the spirit. Powers obey. Principalities obey today. In the name, in the name that's above every name. In a power that's above every power. get activated. Come on. Amen. Because what we just did, part of the music was prophetic. Was prophetic. The drum beat, the keys, the bass, the guitar, that's prophetic instrumentals that are doing warfare over your life. You can't just sit there and act like, well, I just don't feel like praying. That's your feelings. That's your emotions again. You got to pray by faith. I don't see it. I don't have to see it to believe it. I believe it, and I believe it long enough. Come on, that's what Bishop told me. You don't have to. You don't. You don't have. You don't have to to see it to believe it. You just got to believe it long enough so you can see it. You just got to stay in it. Amen. Mentalities are being broken. We got this. We got it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. Lord, I pray for those individuals that are hanging in the balance today, that are under the sound of my voice. They're hanging in the balance with their soul. They're hanging in the balance today in their spirit. God, make yourself alive and real to them, I pray. Thank you today, Lord, that we're advancing the cause on every front. Children, families, stewardship everything that you've called us to do. We're advancing the cause. Thank you, Lord, that history books will be written about the people who planted their flag of faith in this generation. It says we were able to do the impossible because God was with us. Lord, I thank you. I give you praise. While your heads are bowed, they're in just a moment, I dismiss. The prayer team is going to be up here if you need prayer for anything. Just make your way up here in just a few moments. When everybody's dismissed, we want to pray for you. We want to give you that chance. Give us the opportunity to believe with you through whatever the struggle may be. And just before I do that, while every head is bowed, people are praying. Maybe you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you did it one time, but you've been disconnected. You're out of that flow. You don't have that relationship that you need. Here's the reality of it. Here's the reality. Everybody is born to die. Everybody. And there are only two types of people in this room today, those that are born again and those that are lost. 
those that are on their way to heaven and those that are not. Hell was not designed for you. Hell was designed for the devil. And the decision that you make determines where you spend eternity. The decision that you make today may decide where you spend eternity. And you will spend it in either place. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Good people don't go to heaven. Popular people don't go to heaven. People of good morals and good character don't go to heaven. People who have a relationship with Jesus Christ go to heaven. Only those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. While everybody's praying in this room, I just want to ask if you'd give me that 30-second prayer over your life to accept Jesus Christ and begin a whole new journey so your mind can be renewed to think on a different level. You can't think differently until the Spirit of God regenerates your spirit, opens up your spirit. Your spirit is dead to God. You have to be born again for it to be open. You're in this place today. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to be part of this ministry. I'm just trying to get you to a place where you accept Jesus Christ. And you're in here today. Just lift your hand right where you are. We're just going to take a 30-second prayer. I see your hand. God bless you. I see the hands. God bless you. 30-second prayer, and we're going to go, and it's going to be over. But you say, i got to make that prayer. I see your hands. Thank you. I see them. Thank you. I see the hands going up. You're just going to make a strong commitment today. Not to this church, not to me, not to this ministry, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to make a strong commitment. There are multiple hands that have gone up all over the building today. I want to ask you to take one more step, and it's going to take a lot of boldness and courage. But I want to ask you if you'll come right to this altar and give me 30 seconds to pray with you. Those of you raised your hands, will you right now just begin to move out of your seats and help me right here. Come on, church. Just give God praise while they come. Just step out of your seat. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Come on. It takes a lot to serve God. Step out of your seat. Come on. Multiple hands have gone up. We're waiting on you. Come on, we're waiting on you. Come on up. Come right over to the front. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's a few more hands that went up. Come on, we can make this prayer together. Just make this prayer today. Come on. Come on, church. Let's just give them 30, 30 more good seconds of hand clapping right here. Come on, people who are hanging in the balance. You've made, you've made that, you've made that decision. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This is what we're going to do. I'm just going to ask you guys while you're standing there, while you got your hands lifted, holding your hands up is a universal sign of surrender. That's what it is. It takes a lot of commitment, a lot of boldness to make this journey. I know that. You're in a house full of strangers that you don't know. That's very awkward. But today you're not coming to people. You're coming to Jesus. And this is what the Bible says, that if you'll confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God raised him from, there you are, sweetheart. We're waiting on you. Come on, baby. There you go. Come on, let's give God praise right there. We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. There you go. Amen. Let's wait on you. So the Bible says it this way. If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you'll be saved. But you have to say it. you got to confess it. You have to say it out with your mouth. It can't be in your head. He doesn't save your head. He saves your heart. 
but you confess with your mouth. You have to confess with your mouth. So why don't you, why don't you just raise your hands? Y'all just raise your hands. It's a universal sign. I want y'all to repeat this prayer after me. The whole church is going to pray it, so you're not going to be singled out. Everybody in this church is going to pray this prayer. Everybody. Pastor Porter's going to help me on the mic. We're going to pray this prayer, and we're going to mean it from our heart, not from our head. Our heart has to be fixed first, and then our head, our mind can be renewed. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I come to you just like I am. I come to you just like I am. And I'm asking you today. I'm asking you today. To forgive me of my sins. To forgive me of my sins. Lord, I realize today. Lord, I realize today. I can't save myself. I can't save myself. I realize today. I realize today. I can't make myself better. I can't make myself better. But when you live in my heart. But when you live in my you heart. You will make me better. You will make me You will better. transform me. You will transform You will change me, me into change a new me. person. Into a new person. And I thank you today. And I thank you that today. my sins are forgiven. That my sins They've are been forgiven. washed in the blood of Jesus. They've been washed in the and blood. And I'm free today. And I'm, I'm free, free today. today of guilt. I'm free today of guilt. I'm free today of shame. I'm free today of shame. And every bondage. And every bondage that has tripped me up in my past. That has tripped me up in my past. I'm free today. Free in today. Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, will you give them a great day? Oh, come on, let's declare one more time. Say, we won't stop until we see. saying over you, Jeffrey, you tried many things, but God says, I brought you to this place and time, and I'm making you fisher of men. You may think you're out there fishing for, for, for a tournament or for whatever, for an income, whatever it is, but God says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He said, my hand's been on your life, and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. KD, I heard him saying that you have a discernment, and he's going to hone in on that discernment, and he's going to fine-tune that discernment. And the two of you together are going to be a couple to be reckoned with in the spiritual realm. But God says that it's up to you. It's up to you. 
Because like my husband was saying earlier, we cannot worry about the opinions of man when it's God's opinion is the only thing that matters. God says, I'm going to put the words in your mouth. KD, he's going, you're going to discern. You're going to discern when people are, are, are so messed up and lost, but yet they put on this good front, and God's going to speak to you. And you're going to have discernment. And you're going to be able to, he, God's going to give you the words to speak. Years ago, um, a word was given over my husband and I that he was going to be, and this is not what I'm speaking over y'all, but that, it's, it's similar. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's similar. That, that he was going to be a jackhammer. And he was going to be breaking the, the strong walls around people's life. And that I was going to come in and be that nurturer. And that I was going to, I was going to out of me was going to flow that, that healing balm of Gilead. And I'm just saying that it's similar. It's not exactly the same. I don't know what all God has in store. I'm just saying what I know he told me. And he said, I'm making you a fisher of men. And I'm going to settle you. And you are going to be tied. And you're going to be anchored to my rock. Yeah. And God says, I'm not going to you're not going to separate yourself from me. Because in you, through you, in you, I'm going to do great things through you. Amen. And KD, you're going to be that strong spiritual support. You're going to be that intercessor. You're going to be his biggest fan when it comes to what God has in store for both of you. And you're going to be that strong support. When he, it's like my husband, when, when my husband is walking through that a time of weakness, that he, my strength, God gives me the strength to rise up. That's what it's about. And when she's in a time of weakness, God's going to give you the strength to rise up in that marriage. And Father, right now we just bless this word. We bless this couple. We bless their future. We thank you, Father, that your word is yes and amen over their life. And Father, what the enemy has meant for harm, you're going to bring good out of it, Father. And we just thank you for that settledness. We thank you for that peace. We thank you for that strength and the ability to hear your voice and do your great pleasure, Father. We thank you now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. word over you guys. Y'all don't know this, but I, is it August the 21st? Is it 20, August 21st? I'm going to be marrying these guys on August the 21st. They get married. Hallelujah. So we speak blessing over you guys. Jeffrey's been a part of my life for many, many years. We, we go way back. He uh, played football and went off to the Canadian League. Is that right? Played a little bit of football in the Canadian League. God's always had his hand on him. Always had his hand on him. What a word over you guys. Fisher of men. You think you're catching bass. You're about to catch a whole stringer load of stuff that the mortal ain't going to be able to understand it. Amen. Amen. You still owe me a fishing trip, but I don't believe God from the future for all that. Hallelujah. Amen. It's been a good day. 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 We got this. We got it. We got it. Amen. Father, speak a blessing over your people. Keep them refreshed. Keep them relaxed. Those that are planning on vacations in the next several weeks, God, watch over them. Bless their time away with their family and friends. 
let them be refreshed and restored. God, we thank you that this is going to be a summer, even as, 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 as Lori said it a couple of weeks ago, this is going to be a supernatural summer, yes. a supernatural summer over this house, a summer of supernatural increase. No deficits in this house, no deficits in your house. Yes. It's a supernatural summer. Lord, I thank you. I bless your people today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love on somebody real good. Let them know that you love them.